everybody. Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Let me ask you this. Have you ever flipped a house? Have you thought about flipping houses? We've all thought about flipping houses. Every TV show, it seems like on HGTV is flip this house, flip that house. Well, my special guest today, Jen Josie, is an accomplished real estate investor. She's a blogger. She's a podcast host. She's started the Rain Network. She's got all sorts of stuff on the go. And she also knows a heck of a lot about flipping. So today, I'm very, <laughs> very thrilled. If you're not, if you're wondering why I'm chuckling, because Jen's having fun on the camera here. If you're interested in flipping, Jen's going to be sharing her top 10 tips on how to flip better. So Jen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And I don't ever do video on my podcast. That's why I'm so excited. I have my lipstick on. You're looking wonderful. You, Why, thank you. You, you do video all the time. Well, I'm working on building a podcast studio oh, in our new house. So then it's going to be amazing. So thanks for having me on your show again. It was so much fun last time. And I get to interview you on my show next. Yay. But we're going to start off and I'm going to give you 10 tips on how to get, have greater success at flipping houses. But before we begin, I just want to tell you a quick little story. So sure. I love real estate because real estate is the reason I suckered my husband into marrying me. True story. <laughs> so we were those people who watched the HGTV shows for a long time. Well, let me back up. So we dated a few years prior. We stayed really good friends and we got back together. Right. Moved in. I'm like, if we're getting back together, this is going to be it. So we kind of knew it was getting there, but we were watching shows. And there's one day I was like, you know, we should go look at houses and see our likes and dislikes and, you know, just for fun. Yep. And we found this house and it was perfect. And I mean, it had just the structure of it, everything. There's wallpaper everywhere. So there's some things that we had to do. But after we left, we're sitting with our realtor in the bar. And I'm like, you know, that's a great house for that price. And Vance, my now husband was like, yeah, that's a pretty great price. And I said, well, I'm not getting a mortgage unless I'm married. He's like, well, I'm not getting a mortgage unless I'm married. And my realtor was like, uh, what's happening here? So we literally went to the courthouse five days later, we got married, we put an offer on the property and the deal fell through. Oh, wow. And I'm like, we got married for nothing. Those were actual words, Dave, that came out of my mouth. We got married for nothing. So that was the start of a, ro a romance, a romance story like I've never heard before. That's well, we just celebrated our 11th anniversary. So wow. it's, been, it's been going great. It's yes. So that leads me into the number one don't get emotional. Real estate can be such a roller coaster on your emotions. And like I said, after watching all those TV shows where the buyers come in and they get their happily ever after, and where the reality is that there's inspections with like ridiculous punch list items, there's unreasonable negotiations, yeah. there's absurd comps, there's uneducated reviews and more. But when you are renovating a property, you really have to stick to what sells. And so a lot of people, they think, oh, you know, I wanted to get into flipping houses so I could put shiplap everywhere. And that's not necessarily what sells. So that kind of takes, you know, the excitement out of flipping houses. So number one is don't get emotional. Got it. Number two, education is invaluable. This is by far the most important point 
that it's a pill you need to swallow if you want to be successful in flipping houses. Did you take an education program? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you're a school teacher from way back when. So education definitely plays a big role for you. Yes, huge. I taught middle school for 16 years, and then I woke up one day and realized I hated children. (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) 16 years of that, I would hate kids too. My goodness. I'm kidding. All right. So education, there's tons of free resources out there, but when you invest in yourself and really put a ton of money into it, it's only going to make you work that much harder to make it work. So my husband and I, we've invested tens of thousands of dollars into our education, and that money has been paid back to us tenfold. You get this program and you they give you all the tools on how to evaluate property, et cetera. It's just education is invaluable. So if you put it to use, right? So many people take the courses, take the training and sit on the rusty dusties, don't do anything, then it's not worth very much. But if you take action on what you learn, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely correct. Isn't that crazy, Dave? How many people pay all that money and never do anything? Yeah, especially some of those big time coaching programs that are 40, 50, 60 grand and they still don't do anything. That's that's mind boggling to me. But yeah, yes. I agree. Education is the key for sure. And in addition to you know talking about those big programs, Just in the back of your mind, if they have to bash other programs to make theirs seem better, that's not going to be good. So you want to make sure you find your people where you feel comfortable for your education program. That's huge. That's a good point. Very good point. Yep. All right. So number three, numbers don't lie. You make your profit, profit properties, property profits, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm mixing things up here. My, My apologies. You make your profit when you buy the property. Yeah, especially when you're doing a flip. I mean, that's that is the key to a flip. You gotta gotta get in there with a great price. Yes, huge. And that's where your education comes in. You're gonna have those tools that they give you to make sure that you are, you know, using the right numbers and determining things. And we use a simple formula. It's called Mayo, your maximum allowable offer. And you just take the ARV, which is your after repair value, times 0.75. Mm-hmm minus repairs. And that gives you your most, your maximum allowable offer. So that 0.75 takes 25% off of the ARV, which covers your profits, your commissions, your holding costs. Exactly. And with the recession, I don't know if you're experiencing it up there in Canada, but we have some pain, growing pains going on down here in in the States. And you may want to increase it to times 0.70, just have a better buffer because we don't know where the prices are going to go in a few months. Would you agree with that, Dave? I would say that's a very wise idea. Yeah, huge. All right. Number four is know your exit strategy. So, There are a few options when you're buying properties. Most favorable to most is to flip the property. That's where you're going to have your highest return, but you're also going to have your most headaches actually flipping the property. Another one is buy and hold, which we call rentals. Buy and holds are great, especially now in this crazy recession that we're about to get into. It's a great exit strategy, especially in an area that needs rental properties. So it's a win-win for everybody. And then third, there is wholesaling. And we use that as an exit strategy at times when we have too much on our plate. I'm ABM, always be marketing. So I 
am constantly having off-market deals come into my inbox. And if we have too much on our plate, I will wholesale that to somebody else. And there are times you can make more in a wholesale deal if there's a lot of meat on the bone than by flipping it yourself. Wow. So that's a great exit strategy. That's smart. Yes. Number five, don't cut corners. This is my biggest pet peeve with new flippers. Many times they're uneducated in determining their numbers, doing that Mayo calculation that they buy too high, they run out of money to renovate, and they just put oh, crappy geez. properties on the market. Yes, yeah. exactly. And in addition to that, realtors start seeing, you know, they're kind of vigilant to who the flippers are and who's good and who's not good. And it could actually work in your benefit later on if you have a property that you flipped and you are experienced and you did everything properly. And it's with, you know, your competition are other flippers that cut corners. So that actually can work in, in your favor. Good point. That's a good idea. Wow. That's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. Yes. Number six is, this is such an, an overused phrase, but I used it. Your network is your net worth, right? Dave, okay. this is huge. Yeah, for sure. So what are, what are some of your methods for expanding your network? Excellent. I attend in-person events. I think those are the best. I found my local RIA, which is Real Estate Investor Association. There are other meetups. There's the Bigger Pocket meetups. There's an Invest Her meetup that I love. So those in-person ones by far are the best. But if you're still a little COVID scared or whatever, there's still tons of virtual groups as well. When you start finding your people, you want to, that network is where you're going to find your vetted contractors, your vetted inspectors, closing attorneys, title companies, people who are investor friendly is so important to make sure you build your network. What Good else, point. Dave? You got anything, anything well, else? Well, just if you got a quick tip there on how you break the ice with people, if you're going into a new place, you don't know very many people, you don't know anybody there, especially you're, you, you don't seem very shy. Jen, but if a person's on the shy side, any recommendations there? Well, you know, you got to rip the bandaid off. Mm. I, something for me, you know, cause you're, you're meet so many people. I was literally at one last night that I'm thinking about. And I always say, Hey, my name is Jen with one N and they're kind of like, what <laughs> Jen with one N. And it's just one of those things where it kind of stops them for a second. You're going through a whole group of people and it's just a quicker way to, you know, stay memorable to them. But you know, ask everyone's experience, build rapport, find out what you have in common and go from there. It's, you know, it's amazing. And in addition to your network, I also suggest starting accountability groups. Mm -hmm. These are huge. You know, when you quit corporate America or 
well, you're in Canada, when you quit a job, your W-2, and you start investing, it can be very lonely. So having that accountability group, I've been meeting with my same people for two weeks, I'm sorry, five years, we meet every other week for lunch. And it kind of replaces that water cooler talk. So that's huge. Good idea. Very good tips. All right. Number seven, get a coach or be a coach. So this one's important to me. I am a coach and I love helping people. It is one of my most favorite things to do. But if you can find a local coach that knows your area, that's going to be very, very beneficial. Mm -hmm. But I ask this, please be respectful of their time and put a value to it. I have people all the time. Oh, you're a coach. Oh, I'd love to take you out for coffee and and pick your brain. I real it's it's annoying. I'm sorry. I don't have time for my, that. My brain's my brain's worth more than a Starbucks coffee for cried out loud. Yeah. Exactly. But you can say, hey, I hear you bought that hoarder house down the road. I'm happy to help you, you know, unload stuff and put it in the dumpster. You know, if you need me to help with some marketing materials. I can put address labels on there for you. Nice. Yeah, give first. Give first, exactly. And maybe they need help staging a property and you're moving furniture around for them. What's great about it is you get to talk their ears off and ask them a million questions while this is going on, but you get real on-site business experience. So, you know, that's the best thing you to do. The second half of this is be a coach. And the best form of learning is by teaching. And when you do that, we love taking newbies along with us when we're looking at properties because when they start asking questions, I'm like, I didn't even think of that. And it it makes me a better investor. So, you know, you may have flipped one house and think, what do I have to offer? But there's that person who hasn't done any and you can be really beneficial for them. And it's just a way to, you know, pay it forward. Very nice. Great, great suggestions. I love them. All right. Number eight, we're getting close. Number eight. Do your due diligence, hire a professional inspector for your properties. And then if they say, oh, there's a septic, I'm not sure about it. Hire a septic inspector. If it's foundational issues, hire a foundational inspector. It is so important that you get your numbers correct. And then make sure you're using the proper ARV, that after repair value. You want to check all the comps in the neighborhood Mm. and see what things have done in in the States, we just skyrocketed and now we're, we hit a wall and it is about to start leveling out. So it's really tricky right now. You need to be super conservative when you are determining your ARV. Good points. Yes. And you know, not all comps are the same. If your house is on a busy road and the other comp isn't, you got to take money off. But if yours has great views and the other one doesn't, you can add more money to yours. Just, I mean, basic stuff. All right. Number nine, and this is a biggie. Don't be afraid of no. Okay. Yes. So surprisingly, this is why so many people haven't done their first deal yet is because they are afraid that what they offer is going to be considered offensive to the seller. Now, many times it will be offensive, but you never know what's going on with that seller. It could be a couple that just got a divorce and they've got to dump their property quickly. It could be a family struggling with medical bills and they need to you know, get their money fast and and avoid foreclosure. You have no idea. And this is why it's important. The answer will always be no until you ask. So that one's big. Yeah. Oh, quick question about that, Jen, if you don't mind. Have you ever taken the approach where you kind of, I had one friend who did a lot of flips 
And he would just briefly show the people how much money he was actually going to make on the deal, which typically was a hell of a lot less than they assumed he was going to make, right? So he would kind of briefly explain what ARV is and what holding costs and what all that kind of stuff is and show them that at the end of the day, you know, you know, he'd be making whatever, $20,000, $25,000 on that deal with all of this risk. And he found that kind of helpful. Have you ever tried something like that? Never. <laughs> and the reason why is because a lot of times they'll say, well, can I just use your contractor so then I can save that money? I, I've had like a fine line there. I, I have heard of some investors saying, you know, for every 10,000 I put into it, you know, this is what I'm going to be making at the end. You know, is that, you know, for me making, putting that much money into it, shouldn't I make my money back? I've heard that type of version of that, but no, I, I don't even go there. So just, you're, you're just basically, here's what it is. It makes sense. Take it or leave it kind of thing. Is that, so it's yep. a volume kind of thing more than anything. And volume, you've, got a, yes. you've got a thick skin. <laughs> can you, can you tell I got some thick skin? <laughs> All, right, All right. Good points. Number 10. And this Ta-da. is my, this is a Kenny Rogers song. Know when to walk away and know when to run. Okay. So, so many people get, they get caught up in finding that next deal that they start to fudge their numbers. Maybe it's even their first deal. They, they fudge their numbers. And so I just say, trust in your education and emotions. Like if there's a bidding war, emotions can drive that up, but you've got to stick to your guns. If that inspection report uncovers some major foundational issue and you didn't budget for it, that is when you need to run because, or go back and renegotiate the price. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to be stuck with, you know, you could lose your inspection fee, things like that, but you don't want to be stuck with a 20,000 foundational repair. So that's the big last one, know when to walk away and know when to run, which is huge. So. Fantastic tips, Jen. Thank you. And by the way, can I finish my story about my husband and I? So you remember we put that offer on that property and the deal fell through and then and you got married for nothing for nothing <laughs> so quickly after i put another offer on another house because i was under pressure and thank goodness that deal fell through and so we just kind of took a breather and needed to kind of clear our heads and then it happened that beautiful home showed up it looked like the first one it didn't have all that crazy wallpaper in it and it was just perfect. It was actually in a better neighborhood. It was the same price. It was perfect. And just like those HGTV shows, we too got our happily ever after. Beautiful. Love it. Jen, if people want to connect with you and find out more about Jen Josie, what should they do? So you can reach me through my website, therealgenjosie.com, or you can join my mastermind, which is Rain R-E-I-G-N, Real Estate Investor Growth Network, mastermind.com rainmastermind.com. We'll Dave, sure thank got, you so we, much. We'll make sure we've got those in the show notes. So Jen, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's a lot of Dave, fun. It's so fun always being on your show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. Take care. See you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, Investor 
attractionbook.com. Take care.